welcome to Block in the Back. On this podcast, we chat about all things Dynasty Fantasy Football from leagues to rankings. Now don't turn your back, square up and get ready to have some fun and get your teams to a championship with your hosts, Tyler Fish and Ryan Paulish. Welcome back to Block in the Back. We're here after a two-week hiatus. I'm looking Ryan in the face right now with a bush light. He is geared and ready to go. Ryan, how you doing? It's been a couple weeks. Doing good, Tyler. Yeah, ready to get going and give the give a little bit give the listeners something to a little bit of analysis the last couple of weeks on on kind of who's been standing out, who who are we believing in, or do we think this stuff is real? Who who's been kind of slacking the last couple of weeks? Kind of give our week four and five updates essentially, and then we're also going to go over some buys and sells later in the episode. So. We're going to kind of dig deep into some players, uh, some games, some teams, just kind of talk NFL, talk fantasy, um, just be conversational about it. So I'm looking forward to this week for sure. Yeah, the meat and potatoes of today is is definitely the buy and sell. And, you know, just kind of thinking in a dynasty format, who we like moving forward that you could potentially go out and buy and who we're not too keen on, uh, whether it's, you know, a year from now or whether it's starting immediately. So that's kind of the meat and potatoes, but you know, since we did miss a week and we do what kind of want to just kind of dive into who has stood out. So Ryan, I'll, I'll let you kind of lead us off here, but who's kind of caught your eye the last couple of weeks that kind of perked your interest or something that's kind of made you happy there. I know you, you were a big fan of Kadarius Tony last week. Yeah. I'm going to save that one a little bit. I'm going to just bask in that just for a little bit longer, but um, one guy I have to, I have to talk about and it just drives me nuts because I never saw it coming, and it's like you want to automatically say sell, but his his production has been good, and his volume hasn't been great or anything like that, but Cordell Patterson, where, where in the hell did this guy come from is what I'm wondering. Like, what are we doing? Are we just, are we just riding that wave and hoping for the best? Because I, I actually thought it was going to be a Mike Davis show, and Cordell Patterson has looked pretty good running the ball he's very involved in the pass game he's scoring touchdowns it's what do we think about this is he going to kind of calm down or are we going to be riding this wave and he's going to be a big surprise for the 2021 season Tyler well I wasn't huge on Mike Davis to begin with but after week one I did tell you to go pick up Patterson I said if he's available in your league you need to snag him right away because the way they were using him and the amount of touches that he had was very very intriguing and then I, when I said that, I did not anticipate the three touchdowns last week. And he's, he's a unicorn right now because he's scoring and, and, and getting all these fantasy points on limited snaps. Like he's not seeing, you know, and maybe this performance, you know, should give him more snaps. Am I going out and buying Patterson? No, but if you snagged him in the waiver wire, I mean, he sure has been nice for you the last couple of weeks. I, I honestly, I don't know. I mean, we went through his player profiler. I was a fan of it. That team is not great. Mike Davis isn't great. So they're going to find a. He's kind of more of a gadget guy, but they're going to find a way for him to get the ball. And he's somehow fantasy relevant still. It's, it's wild. Yeah, I couldn't, I can't even believe it. I think he's what, is he, he's considered an RB still, right? So is he like RB four on the season? It's just something ridiculous, but I think it helps a little bit in the passing game that Ridley's been out the last couple of weeks too. Um, but yeah, he is an RB in, or you, know, you can play him in both spots on sleeper now. So he's RB six in standard RB three in PPR. That is just absolutely insane. The guy's coming off seven targets, seven targets, six targets, nine targets, and just cashing in on those. He had three touchdowns on week four scored twice in week two, He's just been an animal. I don't even know how to explain it. If they're going to continue to use him like this, he's on a buy this week um, for week six. But, yeah, you are one lucky son of a gun if you picked him up and were able to get him off waivers. He could be that league winner that nobody expected this year, which is it's just absolutely mind-blowing to me. He's been – and it's not like he's just getting lucky and falling into the end zone on the one and stuff. Like, he's looked pretty good. He's powerful. He looks explosive. He's showing good hands. Um, Another guy I'm going to say that's actually didn't stand out, but I, just because I'm looking at this game right now, um, he's actually been standing down, is uh, Zach Wilson. And I know we're going to kind of get into rookies 
and do a rookie update here in, in the next couple weeks. But I do – I want to touch on Zach Wilson, Tyler. He has not – he's had a couple flashes here and there, but he has not looked good. He is not taking care of the ball. I don't think it's all his fault because I think that line has been absolutely atrocious. But what do we think? Has your opinion changed at all on Zach Wilson? I can't remember if you were super high on him to start, but what, what, do, what are we thinking on Zach Wilson right now? And I know he's a rookie. Give him some time. But initial reaction to those first five weeks. I mean, I wasn't super high on him, but, I mean, he's a nice player, I thought, you know, coming in. Duchesne's is the guy we should really ask because Duchesne's was on here a few weeks ago. You know, I did he have his headband or bandana on, like, Wilson? <laughs> I think he did, yeah. Now that you say that, yeah. So that's the guy we should really ask. But honestly, are any of the rookie quarterbacks like lighting the world on fire right now? I mean, it hasn't been like, whoa, like Justin Herbert last year. So, you know, am I like, am I crazy concerned? No, because I'm, I don't know. That that team in general just doesn't, doesn't get me going. But I mean, Justin Fields has kind of looked, eh, you know, Lawrence has had his ups and downs. So Lance, you know, didn't look fantastic. So we could kind of go back and forth. And Davis Mills looked great, though, on Sunday. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what to think. I, I think you're just – you just kind of have to take a step back. Like, we're only five games in here, and uh, they're rookie quarterbacks. You pull up Peyton Manning's rookie season, and his numbers look not great. So really tough to judge a quarterback, but um, – I, you know, I haven't watched – the Jets don't enthuse me that much, so it's not like I'm, I'm sitting there watching Jets games either. Yeah, that's I, – I get that. And that's – I just wanted to throw that out there because, holy Christ, is he turning the ball over, like, a lot. It's, it, it's a little concerning, but at the same time, I've been saying it for over a year now. Like, it's, he's a rookie. You do have to take a step back, let the guy develop. I'm not – I hope you're not having having to start him in your leagues or anything like that. So just wanted to quick brush on him. Another, another couple teams that I wanted to, or at least I just wanted to touch on the Rams because they've been so explosive this year. They've been so good. Um, speaking of Deshaunes, he had Matt Stafford as his MVP pick. Um, that actually looks pretty good. Matt Stafford has been lighting it up just kind of how we thought he would. I thought he was a good value in redraft and in dynasty startups. If you wanted to wait on quarterback, you're getting him in like round four or five, which is fantastic value especially for what he's been putting out right now. But the guy I want to touch on, Tyler, is I'm going to save one of the guys for later on in the episode, but Bobby Trees. Now, Bobby Trees was very underwhelming and almost seemed kind of not super involved in the offense, wasn't getting the high-value targets, um, wasn't really having a great catch rate, wasn't racking up those yards. He wasn't that down-the-field play like he has been in the past with the Rams. That being said before week five, McVay kind of came out and said, yeah, we got to get, we have to get Bobby trees involved. We got to get him touches and sure shit, 14 targets, 12 catches, 150 yards later, the guy put on a clinic. What do we think? Is he going to be a roller coaster ride this year? Whenever he stops getting involved, all of a sudden McVay is going to realize it and be like, okay, we have to get him involved. He's going to have a breakout game or is he going to start to be more consistent now that he kind of put on that clinic in week five? I'm a little salty with Bobby trees and with Calvin Ridley and uh, because they got me eliminated from a guillotine league. And, you know, I was counting on those guys in 18 team guillotine league. I had him Eckler um, woods pits, like, God, I, it's unbelievable that I got eliminated. Right? I am still with pits, woods, Ridley Eckler. Like I felt really good. And uh, so I'm a little salty on those guys, but, you know, with Woods, I it was a little concerning because Van Jefferson's snap share kind of increased there. So it's like we're sitting there like, God, you know, we I I might have picked the wrong receiver to have success here on this team. It, it looked like Cooper Cup, and then Woods goes off like twelve for one fifty. So I I think Stafford is gonna is gonna hit the open guy, and Stafford's there to win football games. So. Could you have some ups and downs? Absolutely. Um, you're just hoping Bobby Trees can can get more targets than he got those first couple weeks, right? And he was the target hog this last week. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's probably not the answer you're looking for. I'm, I'm still a little salty on him, but 
he's fine going forward. Maybe not where you drafted him at, but he's he's fine. I think he's in that like mid wide receiver two, late wide receiver two range, just because of maybe some inconsistencies. Yeah, and he doesn't catch a lot of touchdowns typically. So yeah, that's probably where he slides in. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't turn into like what wide receiver is it gonna be kind of team. I'm hoping it can be more like the Cowboys or more like the Bengals, where you can support and have two to three solid wide receiver plays on that team any given week instead of one guy going off and the other one really struggling. That's where I fear a little bit. But again, it's only one week that's at, that that's really happened so far. So I guess we'll see if that continues. Um, just something to keep an eye on as the season progresses here and as we go through bye weeks and get closer to the playoffs where you're really going to want to pay attention to who you're starting, um, starting and sitting for sure. Um, moving on to another guy or another team in general here that has been putting on some fantasy points, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals. And I have to, since T. Higgins has been out a couple weeks, I have to say, and again, I don't want to ruin all the rookie talk, so we'll just hit on it shortly, Jamar Chase has looked like a freaking animal, man. And I'm not saying that I ever thought Jamar Chase was bad just because I had him at wide receiver three in my rookie rankings and anything like that. I knew he was good. I thought he was going to be good. But I had him below the other guys. But holy cow, he has come on strong, and he has proven that he is a top-notch guy, and he belongs in the NFL. Um, it's it's incredible. It seems like he catches a deep touchdown every single week. Yeah, I mean, I loved him coming in. And, you know, it's just like it's crazy because his average depth of target is like five times, not five, but it's – crazy different compared to waddle and it's just in a rookie comparison pod but waddle's average depth of targets like five yards um but yeah i i absolutely love chase you know i i thought boyd actually was gonna lead you know i felt like that and he had the one really good week but otherwise it's been the jamar chase show and i you know i i've started to struggle in my dynasty league a little bit and i i went to the owner i think i already told you this I might said this on the last pod and I went Adams for chase and no, the answer was no. So um, chase is an up and coming stud. And I mean, it's hard to believe that the best receiver in the NFL couldn't get that trade done. So I don't know if I told you that, but I did approach that owner in when I, in my Adams league and it was no go. That is a little bit surprising to me, but I know that he's on the, the guy you're talking about is on the kind of up and up from a rebuild and he's actually doing pretty good. He's been, doing really well at turning that team around. He went from one of the most god-awful teams in, in, in our league to trading everybody he could away, making some moves, getting a lot of picks. And now I think he's three and two or four and one at the moment. So, yeah, that it's a little bit surprising, but I kind of see where he's coming from just in case once bye weeks hit, his team might not have the depth to be able to really make that contending push. So I kind of get yeah. it. I, I panicked last year too, you know, when the Barkley injury went down and, and CEH had a really nice week. I, I, I like to put a little pressure on owners sometimes and not to say that I was, I'm right at any of this, but I went up and I offered Barkley for CEH straight up and uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Barkley is definitely the higher ranked player. Uh, at the time I was so sick of Barkley and but CH has not looked great either, so I think he might be kind of kicking himself in the butt for that one as well. But that is what it is. I just I had that made me think of that story as well. No, I'm glad you brought that brought that up. I'm kind of it's probably as as frustrating as Barkley has been. It's probably a good thing that didn't go through. Um, just overall, um, when you're talking about just value and things like that, it's probably a good thing. So. Uh, moving on here to uh, some other people that have really stood out, not only in these last two weeks, but just on the season in general. Um, working my way down the list here. And I will fully admit that I am have been completely wrong on this one. Um, it's really biting me in the butt, and that's Jalen Hurts. He has been pretty impressive so far. Um, his ability to throw the football, um, the way that he runs the ball on the ground, uh, scoring touchdowns it's he's been pretty impressive so far and we're also I just briefly want to touch on another guy on this team in Devonta Smith he has looked pretty good the last I mean really he's getting a really good target share and 
he is not just because he's not uh, chased right now doesn't mean that he's not having a hell of a rookie campaign so far. He's gone over 70 yards three out of five weeks. He's gotten over six targets every single week and over an 80, 85% snap share every single week. So he's been every bit of, as advertised as well. I don't think his size is an issue. I think he, he's actually playing pretty physical. The couple games that I've watched, he's putting his head down. He's fighting for extra yards, and he's looked good. He's, those, those two players, Tyler, touch on them a little bit. I know you were a Hurts guy, so you can kind of rub that in my face a little bit if you want. Um, but, yeah, those two guys have really been standing out to me of lately and Hurts pretty much the whole season. Yeah, I, I had Hurts in my top ten, and I liked him as a fantasy player. Now, Eagles fans might not like him playing the quarterback position and kind of struggling a little bit might be frustrated at times, but the fantasy floor of him is, is always never been the question. That's why he's been a great fantasy QB. So he, I mean, he ended up scoring. He didn't actually play that well last week. I don't think he ended up with 20 something points, but he, cause he had two rushing touchdowns and, and that's part you know, of, it. if you remember, he's me not getting much help. Goddard dropped a touchdown last week. So yeah. If you remember me saying that too, that's part of the reason why I didn't have hurts in my, I think it was top 18 as I was just nervous about him as a quarterback and like getting pulled and benched on a short leash. I don't know if it's to that point yet. I still think I'm wrong on that at this point, but at times he doesn't look like the best NFL quarterback, but Jesus Christ, he's got, like you said, the fantasy floor. If he can play all the games, he's definitely, I'm definitely wrong on that one. Yeah. And then Devonte Smith, I, I had mentioned, I think, uh, before the season yeah it was before the season I said he's gonna lead that all pass catchers and fantasy points and you know just he's a very very good football player and his BMI is is not cause for concern and he's, he's good very good yeah I've been very happy with I have a lot of shares of him in my in my league since I did have him as the number one rookie wide receiver so a lot of people in our leagues did not so I kind of benefited from well in my mind benefited from it because I got him in a lot of places that well, maybe a little bit earlier than what some people would have thought but I've been happy with it so far that's for sure um let's hit on two running backs here one we'll start off with kind of the lesser of the two he started out really slow like really slow. I was super nervous, Tyler, because we drafted him in our all fa uh, fantasy sports podcast league that we're in. Um, it's a redraft league that has only fantasy sports podcast people in it, a bunch of co-owners, things like that. Me and Tyler co-own the team. And we have Antonio Gibson and I drafted uh, James Robinson, is who we're about to talk about. And that first week, and this was after ETN got hurt, and I got him in like the sixth round or something like that I'm like man this could turn out to just be an awesome value and his first week had five attempts and three catches I'm sitting here like oh shit this is not good he's our starting running back and we don't really have a viable backup we had Naheem Hines and and Kenny Gainwell and that really in the season I wasn't super confident in any of that and he has come on strong the last three weeks putting up 22 20 and 21 points for you he was doing it through the air in week three and then pounded in the rock on the ground week four and five scoring touchdowns great yards per carry getting the volume um he's looked really good so far I think this is something where Urban Meyer kind of realized that he kind of screwed up and decided to really put an emphasis on James Robinson and take some pressure off Trevor Lawrence and it's been working so far I mean they've been playing a little bit better James Robinson has showed out so I think this is something that can continue the rest of the season. And right now he's an RB1. He's RB11 in PPR. I think him getting, you know, James Robinson getting the limited carries is that's a below the line behavior on Urban Meyer. So Urban Meyer wrote a book about above the line behaviors and below the line behaviors. It's kind of ironic now and, and, yeah, it, it he's not looking great right now. Way below the line, like a week ago. <laughs> Way below the line, and it started with him not giving James Robinson carries, and then it ended up at his restaurant getting a lap dance. But James Robinson has been good at football. I actually traded 
James Robinson away in the off season uh, because I thought ETN was going to be the guy. And obviously then boom, uh, ETN gets hurt and then J Rob steals the show again. Uh, so yeah, James Robinson just happens to be very good at football and uh, which was why it was such a head scratcher that they took ETN because the Jaguars had multiple needs and you take a running back that you didn't think he needed. So yeah, of course he's going to do good. I mean, he did good last year and um, he's really all they got. You're not telling me Carlos Hyde is better than him. So yeah, for those that got James Robinson, that's potential league winner material there, the way he's putting up numbers right now. Sure as heck is. Cause right now we are five and zero in that podcast league and looking good. Highest scoring team in the league, five and zero. Feeling good about that team right now. We we also drafted two of our dark horse wide receiver ones, who have actually been like really good. <laughs> I, I know we called them dark horses because we weren't super like pumped about them, but we got Brandon Cooks and Mike Williams in our flex right now, and, and we have Tyreek Hill. It's just a it's a it's a heck of a team, and then we've been doing really good. I've been pretty excited about that one. Um, moving on to another running back who played against James Robinson this last week in week five. And I don't even, I don't even know what to say. What do you, what do you, what do you say about this guy with, as far as like dynasty value? So he's, it's almost like he is the anomaly. He's 27 years old. So technically he's supposed to be past the prime, but like you've said in the past, he is built different. This is Derek Henry. (laughs) This is just unreal. Dude, he's already at 640 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground. And he already has 14 catches on the year. Last year, he only had 19. He's only had above 14 three times in his career. He's already at 14 now and we're in week five. Like, he's turning in, I mean, I'm completely different players, but he's so far above everybody else in points right now. It's like Christian McCaffrey two years ago. Like, it's unbelievable. Are we... I don't think we see a cliff this year. I think I'm wrong. I feel like I'm that idiot who's just waiting for the cliff to happen on, on Henry, and it's just not not looking good. Like, it's not happening. He's getting 30 carries a game. I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you think about Henry? He absolutely defies everything that there is in fantasy football, just the way he's built. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I say it all the time. He's built different. And I, I kind of am kicking myself in the butt because even in PPR leagues – you know, I would shy away from him if I was up or they don't want that pick. And it's like, ah, I'll take somebody else instead. Like, why didn't I just take Derrick Henry? I, I don't know when he's going to fall off. I don't know. And I, I have no idea because he's just, he's the unicorn of running backs. He, he has it all. He has speed, size, strength, and he's in a run heavy offense. So no, he's an absolute beast. And yeah, he's going to keep it up. And could he be another favorite for offensive player of the year again? Yeah, he really could because how much he matters to that team and how much he does. So and he's carrying the rock, man, and I don't see him slowing down this year. Yeah, unfortunately, I have zero shares of him because I did the same thing. I just, like, shied away from him or I went wide receiver instead. Or I'm really regretting that now. It's like I have to reevaluate. It's like I almost want to reevaluate the process, but at the same time, I just think he's such an anomaly where I'm not sure if that would be a smart move either. Um, but, like, John Arrington has been a, from the Monocle Dynasty podcast. He's been a huge Derrick Henry believer, and I'm just always sitting over here looking like, man, he's going to hit the cliff. You're going to be screwed. He's just going to go down to nothing. It's going to be like Lev Bell, like, all over again or something like that, where they just fall off the face of the earth. And, yeah, that was, like, two years ago. So <laughs> here, here we are. So, yeah, definitely have not capitalized on the Derrick Henry mojo coming out of Tennessee that's for sure um, so kudos to you John I know I know you you listen every week so shout out there if if you guys don't listen to the Monocle Dynasty podcast definitely go give that one a listen he has a lot of information big analytics guy um, will spit those stats and facts at you and very informational so uh, thank you John for that uh, moving on to our next team here and I just want to I just kind of briefly talked about it Brandon Cooks uh, Tyler he's we I talked about him as a dark horse wide receiver one because he seems to do it with every single team and he's almost proving to be team and quarterback proof with Davis Mills at the helm like the target share that he's commanding out of that team even though it might not always be 
a mighty target like number, but he's getting that target share. He obviously has a snap share. He is the surefire number one wide receiver on that team. Right now, he's wide receiver 17 in PPR. Um, he had a rough week last week. Um, the Texans really just, I don't know. I don't know what it was about that week. But before that, he was wide receiver 11, I believe. So he just dropped off a little bit. But he's had a couple of games over 100 yards already. He only has one touchdown. So I can see that going up. His touchdown rate hasn't been great. Um, what do we think about Brandon Cooks the rest of the year? Do you just kind of think he's going to hover around 15 to 11? Somewhere in there is kind of what I'm thinking when I said when I said dark horse wide receiver one. I kind of meant like 12, 11, 10, somewhere in there. What is he currently ranked at right now? He's at 17, but the week before he was at 11. He just had it was a rough game, so he dropped down like six spots. Yeah, and the ball got spread around a little bit, and I think he only had like five catches for 34 yards. Um, I, I honestly think that's where I I think he ends up is is closer to the 20 mark there than the 11 mark. I, I do like him. I, uh, I just, I think that team just absolutely stinks. So uh, I, I think he's more towards 20 than 10. Yeah. I, yeah. I hope, I hope they're able to do a little bit better just with his um, target share. Hopefully. I mean, last week, Chris Moore out of all people had, the best game on that on that team it, it, you're right it sucks that team sucks they're a crap shoot davis mills actually looked pretty dang good though like you said earlier 312 yards three touchdowns um 21 of 29 passing so pretty good there from from davis mills but now now i'm gonna hit on my boy the the, the one the the one that i have been talking about it's not like I had him in my top three rookie wide receivers. Like people were thinking I was just so high on Kadarius Tony. I had him right around that Elijah, Elijah Moore area. I had him at my wide receiver five or six for rookies. And a lot of people had him down at like wide receiver 10. And I just thought that was ridiculous. If you, if, I mean, people can say film guys are just, it's all about opinions and all that stuff. But I mean, you're right. But you also have to know what to look for. And everything that he showed me in Florida on film, his quick short burst, his route running, his ability to make plays after he has the ball in his hand. When he got his opportunity these last two weeks, when Shepard and Slayton were down, sure as shit, what did we see? Good route running, able to make plays with the ball in his hands. It's not like he's small either. He's six foot, 200 pounds. Like he's got a good body for it. And what does he do? He goes out and has like six catches for. 70 something yards and then this last week was absolutely phenomenal they targeted him heavily he had 10 catches 189 yards off 13 targets week four he had nine targets six catches 78 yards i was super pumped to see that he looked really good and i think he carved a place in this offense i know Shepard and slayton are both back but you can't tell me what tony did in these last two weeks is pretty much what slayton did the first four weeks or three weeks combined and yeah I think he I think he proved himself right here I think he's going to carve out a bigger role I think Slayton might start to take the, a little bit of a back seat because Shepard has been playing well up until he got hurt so that's kind of where I'm at with Tony I think he's earned himself a spot Slayton has proven to kind of be that straight line deep threat guy Tony can get it done over the middle he gets it done on screens and he can kind of get it done on all levels of levels of the field and that's kind of where I see him going forward. I don't see the 10 catches, 189 yards by any means, but he definitely carved himself out a bigger role than two targets like you saw week one and week three. So what do you think about Tony going forward here? You know, I was watching that game and he, the fast twitch muscles, he's just like very twitchy and quick. And and we knew that, but, you know, I, I caution people to – for expectations this year because Galladay and Shepard are coming back um, and then Slayton will be there too. So should you expect that? No, but I, it was very intriguing the way that they used him. They even had him, uh, I think this might've been after Daniel Jones went down, but it was a red zone. They gave him the ball in the wildcat in the red zone. Like they just want to get the ball in his hands. So should you expect 10 for whatever he had? No. But can you be excited for him as 
as a prospect and dynasty wise. Yeah. That, I think that, that showed what he's capable of. And that's, that's where the, you know, he's going to get some, some serious hype going forward here. So um, he was a hot commodity on waiver wires uh, this past week. If you didn't own him in a redraft league and in dynasty wise, he definitely just caught everybody's attention. So yeah, I got to be happy with Tony. Yeah. After that week four, I, I was pretty excited about it. I had him on my bench in all my dynasty leagues, which I have him in, I think three out of my five dynasty leagues. And I had him on my bench for week four, just cause I just wanted to see it. I wanted, I wanted to see it first cause those first three weeks were a little rough and I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. So I put him in my starting lineup in two out of three of the leagues um, that I was a little bit shorter in wideouts where I have more flex spots in and I kind of gambled just because I knew Shepard and, and Slayton were still out. And, and yeah, it, it won, it won me one of my games. I won by one point and started Kadarius Tony. So he kind of saved me there. So that, that was good to see. But like you said, I'm not expecting that kind of stuff the uh, week in week out throughout the season. Now that those guys are coming back, but I think Galladay is out for week six. So I guess we'll see where Tony is on the pecking order when we have, more of those guys back before I think it was just Galladay and Tony. Now it's going to be Shepard Slayton and Tony. So I guess we'll see curious to see if he earned that spot over, over Slayton. Cause I just feel like he's a little bit more explosive, more productive and more facets of the field. So I'm, I'm interested to see where that, where that goes. Um, and then I do want to bring up one guy as well. Um, Amari Cooper. So, or just Dallas in general. Let's talk about Dallas in general. So week one, they threw the ball just a shitload and targeted Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb over 10, 12 times. And ever since then, Amari Cooper has gotten five targets, four targets, three targets, six targets, and three catches the last four weeks in a row. Some of them you get long gains for touchdowns like the last two weeks, but other times you get four points and three points. What do we, what do we think of this Dallas offense? What are they doing? They're running the ball a lot. Like that first week I was really, me and you were a little bit worried about Zeke, but I knew they played Tampa Bay. But ever since then, Zeke and Pollard have been getting a lot, a lot of work in, in the rushing game and the air, really. So what do we think about this Dallas offense going forward? Is it going to start to balance out? Or is it going to be completely game-planned out where Dallas is pretty good now? Their defense has played better than last year. Are they going to run the rock until they have to pass, essentially, like they had to week one? I know they're capable, but it's a little bit concerning for these wide receivers, or at least Amari Cooper. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not worried about CeeDee Lamb. He seems to, to be the number one in that offense in my eyes. And then it's just the emergence of Dalton Schultz. Is, is stole some shine away from Cooper and Dalton Schultz. You, you look at his player profile and uh, I want to say he's 26 or younger. I don't have it off the top of my head, but Dalton Schultz has kind of carved out a role in that offense. And, you know, that's, you know, for the people that say don't draft tight ends high Schultz is here having a fantastic year and he showed flashes before. So it's like, there we go. Dalton Schultz is going to, just dominate the tight end position and you got him for damn near free. So uh, am I worried? No, I think it's just going to be a balanced attack. I think you're going to be able to start multiple guys from that offense. And I, you know, I have Dak in a couple leagues and I really, he's doing well for me and uh, Zeke is starting to pick it up. I was a little worried there at first, but Pollard is, is a beast too. And they're just, they're so good. They're so good, but you're starting all those. If you own one of those guys and maybe for the except of Pollard, you're starting all those guys. So, I mean, you can go round and round, but you start those guys every single week. But I can see where you might be frustrated as a Cooper owner, for sure. A little bit. And I was just kind of looking through all three of those guys' stats, too. And it's it's very similar with CeeDee Lamb, too, honestly. I mean, Cooper had those couple of rough games, but Lamb was at eight points and two points for week three and four. Um, right now, CeeDee Lamb is at wide receiver 15 or Amari Cooper is at 15. CeeDee Lamb is at wide receiver 23. And Dalton Schultz is at tight end four. We, for targets, we have Schultz at 31. We have Lamb at 38. And we have Cooper at 34. 
So it is pretty dang balanced. Like you said, it's a balanced attack, which can be frustrating. Like you're going to be relying on touchdowns sometimes to get that really good game out of these guys, where unless they pick up that, that volume in the passing game and they need to be like losing games or something like that. And this last week, like Amari Cooper was lucky to fall in the end zone. He really was. He had three catches and one of them was a deep touchdown pass. And I mean, they played the giants, so they were in control the entire game. So I just, I think that's going to be schedule dependent where I think this offense can boom in the passing game if they, if they have to, but they don't need to when they have somebody like Zeke and Pollard on that one, two punch. But like you said, you're not going to try to play that game week to week. I agree with you. If you have any of those guys, minus Pollard probably, you're starting every single one, and you just got to hope for the best at this point. But it's like it's still not terrible. I was just a little bit concerned, especially after how excited I got after week one for both those guys. I have C.D. Lamb in the league. I have Amari Cooper in a couple of leagues. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and then, then C.D. Lamb – or Amari Cooper just flopped the next two weeks. I'm like, okay, back down to earth, Ryan. But, yeah, I agree. Starting the guys, it, it might be frustrating at times, but I just think it's going to be game dependent. And if they're just going to have to throw, I don't think they're just going to be throwing all the time on any given game because they have Zeke. So, um, looking over the games here, I don't want to get into too many more rookies. I feel like we've covered a bunch of those. I don't want to do that um, this week. As much as people want to hear that, we're going to have a full rookie episode here in the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, maybe bring on a guest or two. Uh, what about, let's bring on, okay, uh, one more, one more, at least one more guy here. Dawson Knox, Tyler. We buying it? He's saying he scored every single week. Are we buying that? Last week had three catches for like a hundred and some yards, scored again. So he scored every week except for week one. And he is currently tight end three on the year. Let me read off his targets for you. I just don't think it's sustainable. There's no way he can score that many touchdowns on the year. So he has four targets, three targets, five targets, eight targets, which is good. But he only had five catches for 37 yards, and he happened to score two touchdowns. And then four targets the last week. Do we think anything like this is sustainable, or are we just waiting for Dawson Knox to kind of fall off the cliff. I feel like he's getting all Diggs' touchdowns right now because I think Diggs only has one. Like, I, th- I feel like we're Diggs is going to explode and Knox is going to kind of fall off a cliff is, is kind of where I'm leaning. Well, yeah, I mean, can you trust the guy with that low volume? No. So what you do is you ride the hot hand, and Diggs is uh, – I love Diggs coming into this season, and I know he's been a little disappointing, but you're – you're sticking with digs and it, good play will come. Josh Allen's a beast. And, uh, but Knox is just, you know, and, and I remember when you dropped Knox in a dynasty league a year or two back and he got snagged oh up God, right I away. Know. I'm so, and I know you're kicking yourself in the butt for that one. Yes, that was stupid. And I'm a huge tight end guy too. I have like eight on my roster, but I decided to drop his ass at 23 years old. I'm like, Ryan, you idiot. I like I immediately regretted it like the next day when he got scooped. I'm like, Ryan, you messed up, man. Why the hell did you do that? I don't know if I was drunker and drunker than a skunk or what it was going on there, but it was not good. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just an idiot. No, I didn't have anything else to say. I mean, unless his target share, unless he's demanding a, a bigger target share, no, I you shouldn't expect this moving forward. Uh, you're just riding the hot hand for right now. So Dawson Knox, everybody. That's kind of where I'm at, too. There's, I mean, he might be okay and get you a handful of points week to week and then score every, every, every so often, but I'm not relying on him to do what he's been doing. That's for sure. Um, without getting into every single player that has been good, I, am, I think that's everybody that I wanted to cover, unless you have somebody that you really, really wanted to talk about, Tyler. I think I'm good on those and ready to jump into the some of our – third of the way through just a few buy cells. Nope, I'm ready to rock. Well, why don't you start us off with uh, one of your buys? I want to hear I want to hear some buys. Let's start, start off positive here. Yeah, the, most of mine are buys. And uh, I'll, I'll just name two right now. And one's DeAndre Swift and one's Javante Williams. And DeAndre Swift, the reason where, you know, somebody might say, what do you mean by like he's right now he's sitting at PPR back number seven, 
like he's going to be expensive. Um, but his snap share has not been as high as you would have thought. And Javante Williams, uh, excuse me, not Javante Williams, uh, Jamal Williams, sorry, happens to be taking, you know, a decent amount of snaps. And, you know, Williams has hovered around like the 68 percentage, 56 percentage of snaps. Um, and now he's up in the 70s. And his touches have been, you know, around 12 to, you know, 18 touches a game. So not as much as some of the bigger dogs have, are commanding. But the thing that DeAndre Swift has is the receiving upside is tremendous on him, right? He's caught at least four balls every single game. Um, he's, you know, he scored twice on the ground and scored once. And he's just been a very, very good PPR back. And he's kind of been banged up. So I'm saying you need to go out and buy in Dynasty Leagues because he is going to be a top five, top six, top 10 startup pick next year in the off season. Like that's where this is heading. It's heading in that direction. Uh, we knew he was really good and he's on a bad team, but he's still producing and they're getting him the ball and he's, he's banged up and all that. It's just a recipe for absolute stud in the off season. He's going to be so demanded. And it's going to be so hard to get him. So buy him right now before it's too late. And if you drafted him in a league, you got him a little bit later than some of the other guys. He's probably, he's in that league winner category as well, the, you know, where you got him at. So DeAndre Swift, I, a huge fan, and I wish I had shares of him, but I don't even have any. I'm with you. I have zero shares of DeAndre Swift, and I wish, I, again, I wish I did. You're right. I don't have a whole lot to add. He's a stud. I would love to go buy him. If there's anybody who, if, if he's affordable, his PPR upside is is outstanding. Um, just what he's able to do with the ball too, his his efficiency is through the roof, and yeah, they're 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 utilizing him. It's not as a workhorse, but they're getting him out of the space where they're utilizing utilizing him where he is really good, and yeah, I, I love him. So Javante Williams, though, another boy that I loved. He was my RB two coming into this year for rookies. Talk, talk to me, Tyler. Well, I, it's kind of the same scenario where, and we knew this kind of going in because it's Melvin Gordon's contract year, but he is going to be so sought after at the end of the year. Uh, and his value is going to just shoot th through the roof. And honestly, he's been the better running back than Melvin. You take away Melvin's 76 yard touchdown and Melvin's really just taking touches from Williams at this point. Williams is a stud. So I, I wish I had shares of Javante Williams, but I don't. And He's going to be so, so hard to get at the end of the season. You can get him now, and you could sell him for way more at the end of the season if you want. But get him before it's too late because it's about to be too late. Yeah. I mean, he's looked he's looked pretty good. He had a couple efficiency problems early in the year, but he is a rookie. I mean, what can you expect? And his touches, week four and five, he only had seven and eight attempts, which is a little bit concerning, but he was very good with those. He was very efficient. And they utilized him a little bit more in the pass game in those two games. He had three catches um, in back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back weeks. So I just – until Melvin Gordon is, I think, completely done, I think they're going to continue to kind of split carries or until Javante Williams, like, completely sets himself apart and, like, proves that he is a much better asset for this team this year – but I feel like we're looking at a similar situation, not exactly the same as like the J.K. Dobbins last year, where he's just coming on slow, he's going to split carries, and then we're going to be like really excited for next year for Javante Williams. He's going to give you the teaser this year, and we're going to be super excited for next year and just pray to God that he doesn't have the, just the same exact path as J.K. Dobbins because everybody will be very disappointed in that. But I love him. I didn't expect him to be a league winner or anything this year personally. And I mean, he's been just fine. He's, he's done just fine. He didn't do any, he's not doing anything to, anything to concern me. And I think he's a very good running back going forward. He's just going to continue to split carries in my opinion, pretty much for the, for the duration of the season until he can really set himself apart or until Melvin Gordon takes a dive. But do you want me to get in? No, exactly. You, you just proved why. You need to go buy him now. Everything you just said. Oh, absolutely. Yells and screams, buy now. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I've actually tried in our league. I've tried to buy Javante Williams. I even tried to sell him J.K. Dobbins in, 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 in a deal, and he's just not having it. He's 0-5, too, so it's not like he should care about this year by any means. But 
Hey, I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not trying to. So if you heard this, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but um, I will go on to one of my buys, and that is David Montgomery. So I, was, I haven't really been a huge Montgomery fan. And he's 24 years old, so he's still pretty young. And he came out on the season against the Rams defense, put up 108 yards and a touchdown on only 16 carries. Looked really good, really powerful, really explosive. Um, had over 100 yards in week four and two touchdowns. He's looked pretty dang good, in my opinion, on a not-so-great offense with some quarterback problems. Um, I love Justin Fields and everything, but when you're switching quarterbacks, you got a rookie quarterback in there. It makes things challenging for the offense as a whole. Um, and then he gets hurt. I think getting hurt could be your buy window for him to have like a second half of the year surge to help him win your league for you. He's looked good. He's only 24. Go see if there's a little price dip on anybody. I'm not saying that you're guaranteed to have a price dip, but if there is, if people are frustrated with him getting hurt, go toss out, a, a, see if, what you can, if you can get a deal on him. And I think he's going to help you when he comes back from his injury, for sure. So that's, that's my buy, just real quick. Yeah, I mean, he's hurt right now. If you threw a second and a player at him, uh, would somebody be willing to accept that due to the fact that he's out for a potential, you know, five or so weeks? So, I mean, not a, not a bad buy low candidate. That might be your window. I, it just fears me um, that Cohen's coming back. That's kind of his, you know, his receiving upside is kind of going to get limited a little bit. Is and, he uh, For Montgomery, that is. And uh, that's the only kind of concern there. I'm pretty sure Cohen is expected back uh, around week seven. I thought he can be activated. It's about um, damn time though. Jesus. I thought he should have been back like week one. Where is he? Like this is taking way longer than I thought he got hurt in what week three last year. Like he should be back. I don't know. I, I want to say he can get, they might've put him on, on uh, the pup. So I, I, I'd, yeah, I don't know exactly, but I, I thought I read something where he is back soon. So, but I, I do like the Montgomery by call. Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess we'll see. I would. I, I'll I, lead that into uh, for somebody for me here, and um, I mean it's two Falcons players actually, and I, I told you I was already salty about these two, uh, who started off the season very very slow, and I mean Pitts was already so hard to get in the off season, so. Uh, you know, me telling you to go buy pits, which I just wish you would because they're playing him as a receiver. Like we knew, and he's, he's about to blow up. His target share was, was crazy early on, just wasn't connecting. And then of course, Ridley sits and he goes off. Um, that's the player that you could see. That is a absolute game changer at the tight end position. After that game, it's going to probably be hard to buy him. Right. So you're probably like, why are you going to go buy him? That's stupid. Um, I know it's going to be hard, but you need to buy him. Ridley, on the other hand, that window might be a little more open now. He has not looked the same. That offense in whole hasn't looked the same. I know, you know, at, until the last two weeks, they hadn't really opened it up. Um, Matt Ryan's average depth of target was was extremely low, and then he started opening it up and throwing the deep ball a little bit. But Calvin Ridley, you know, good games are coming. He has the target share, and uh, he will score. So. Don't panic. Easier said than done. But uh, when he is back, I'm not worried about him. I know you've probably struggled if you have him, but go out. This is a good opportunity to maybe go try and buy Calvin Ridley. I like it because I had Calvin Ridley very high in my in my rankings. And, yeah, like you said, he's been kind of disappointing and then got hurt. So I don't think he's going to finish to where I thought he was going to finish. But I love the talent, and I just think the – Atlanta offense can be better than this. So, yeah, I do think he's attainable for sure. Um, one more buy that I had, um, I kind of talked about him earlier, is Brandon Cooks. Like I said, I think he can finish anywhere from like 11 to 16 range on the year, just based off of pure volume and his ability to get downfield. And I just don't think he's being valued there. I mean, you got him as an absolute value in every draft that you were in. I guarantee it. And I still think he's still being undervalued just because he's on a really bad team. He could, out of the flex spot, or if you have two flexes, he could help you win the league. 
He absolutely could. If Brandon Cooks is going to be your flex spot and be a wide receiver 15 on the year, that can help you win the league right there because that's going to set you apart. Absolutely. And that, I mean, that's all I need to say about it is I think what you can get him for, I mean, he's 28 years old. It's not like he's super old for a wide receiver. Go get him. I just think he's being so undervalued year after year. Like, he's turning into Robert Woods, honestly. I mean, this last year was wide receiver 16 in PPR. Um, had a really bad year with the second year in the Rams, but 13, 15, 9, 13. How many times does he have to be a borderline wide receiver one to have him get some respect? And how many times does he have to go over 1,000 yards? He's been over 1,000 yards every single year of his career except for two. And I think he's going to do it again. Like, I honestly do with another team. It's been like five teams. I just think he's such a value, and I just think he's being disrespected. I think you can go get him for a pretty fair price, and he's going to help you win your league. Yeah. I mean, if you have a a guy that's been struggling or an injury or something, you know, that you need to plug in as a flex, even Cooks is definitely the guy that, like you said, the key word here is inexpensive or cheap, right? You could get him for way less than some of the guys we've mentioned. So I do like that call. One more guy uh, that I want to just mention on the buy. And I actually, I wanted to buy him weeks ago. Uh, and I, I reached out in a couple of leagues that I am in. Um, dynasty wise, Kenneth Gainwell is someone that I am interested in. And he is probably pretty cheap, right? So it's, you know, his snap share, it's, he hasn't even been over 40 in snap share. And, you know, he's only getting a couple touches here or there. Um, but he has been pretty efficient with his touches. And he's pretty good, you know, receiving wise. So this is partially out of the I'm not as big of a Miles Sanders guy and it's partially out of I think he's a decent football player so with the combination of that I think you know he is he's worth a little something and I'm not completely sold on Miles Sanders so I do think that Kenneth Gainwell is going to earn more touches as the year goes on Uh, by the end of the year he might be you know instead of three touches he's more towards the double digits type touches so that's where I think that he ends up by the end of the year. Uh, I don't think, you know, week 14 on we'll see him getting, you know, two, three touches a game. So that's just my feeling. I'm willing to go out and try and buy him for cheap. Uh, and I, I doubt he's very expensive in your league. So somebody to, to keep an eye on because Sanders has not looked great. No, I'm with you. I, I almost disagree on Sanders not looking great. He's actually not doing that bad. They just don't give him the damn ball. It's just the volume. The volume in general just sucks. And Gainwell has actually taken some very valuable touches. Like, he's getting touches in the red zone. That's why he's scoring some touchdowns. And that says a lot. Like, they trust him to have the ball down there in in that prime time red zone big situation. Um and, I mean, that does say a lot. And I, I agree with you where I wouldn't mind going to throw a couple feelers out to see if you can maybe get him because I bet you he was a third-round a third round rookie pick, most likely. And I bet you if you toss a second on, you might, you might get some people. Who, who knows? Like, they, they think they're cashing in on that value. And, yeah, Sanders, I mean, it just doesn't seem like they're that interested in giving Sanders a workload. And it, it's mildly concerning for – not even mildly, it's pretty dang concerning for Sanders owners. And in the Gainwell, if you think about it, he's a guy who kept Gibson at bay at Memphis. And I think he is the only reason his draft stock went so far is because he sat out for a year. He sat out because of COVID for a full year. And I think that that hurt him. I mean, he's a good player. They use him out. They, they put him at the wide, in wide receiver positions. They used him out of the slot. They threw back shoulder passes to him. They use him out of the backfield. They, they run the ball with him. Like, they used him everywhere in Memphis. And he produced. And then he sat out a year, and now he's struggling a little bit to, to find his niche. But he's, he's gaining touches. He really is. So I, I like that. I like that one, Tyler. Just to um, interrupt real quick before you move on. Kenneth Gainwell is the number 31 running back in PPR while Miles Sanders is the number 30. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty shocking when Sanders is receiving double the touches and that's, that's their showing. So um, yeah, I, I love the Memphis point though. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to actually go on to a cell here. Um, and 
a, a lot of people might not like this, honestly, just the way that he's been producing. But I think Cooper Cup is a sell. Right now he is the number one PPR wide receiver in fantasy football. And I am not even going to try to pretend like he hasn't been impressive. His target share has been impressive. His receptions have been impressive. His yards has been impressive. I love Cooper Cup. I was a owner of Cooper Cup for a long time. And I, I love the guy. I think he's a great wide receiver. I think you can sell, if you can use the selling points of him being attached to Matt Stafford, Sean McVay, where he's at right now in the pecking order, I think you can get a lot more for him than what he is going to be worth in the back end of this year or even over the off season. I think things are going to cool down on him. They always do. It's hard to sell Cooper Cup. I did it. I got a first for him last year before uh, before Matthew Stafford was a thing. I probably wouldn't have done that if Matthew Stafford was coming, and I knew that. Um, but I got a first for him, and it was very difficult to do. I talked to a lot of different owners. He's going to be 29 next year. I'm not saying that's old for wide receivers, but I'm saying people tend to get a little skittish when they reach that upper 20s and 30s mark. It's going to be tough to sell him. And right now is the peak I think the peak, he is at wide receiver one. You can't get any freaking higher than that. And he's attached to McVay. He's attached to, to Matt Stafford now, where I think he could have another good year next year. But I think things are going to calm down a little bit, especially if they're going to start to utilize Bobby Trees like they should be. And then we have Van Jefferson in the mix too. If all that comes together and they start spreading the ball around a little bit more, you're going to see that value drop. If you're not a absolute contender and you need him in your starting lineup, I'm selling him right now for a – you could probably get two firsts for him right now is, is where I, what I'm thinking. Two firsts, I would take that, or a first and a player to try to not kill your season if that's, if that's where you're at. But I'm selling Cooper Cup right now because he is at his peak. People told me to sell after he was wide receiver five in 2019 – and I didn't. He was wide receiver 26 last year. Now I know he's got Matt Stafford. Now I know that's a huge upgrade, but you can't get any higher than this. If they start spreading the ball around, Cooper Cup's already a hard guy to sell. Sell him. Sell him if you can afford to sell him. If, obviously, if you're a contender, you need that production this year. You're not selling him. Team situation is very important, but if you don't need him or you're not a contender, what is the point of having a wide receiver one on your team? Get him out of there. He kind of reminds me, you know, of Adam Thielen and how you were trying to sell Adam Thielen. And then Adam Thielen just kind of kept going off around this age, right? Adam Thielen just kept scoring. And now it's finally this year where he's he's kind of taken a little dip. But that is that's Cooper Cup, right? Cooper Cup is just he's been an absolute monster. Is he gonna keep it up for long? No. So, ugh, God, if you can get something for him, I, I definitely would. And um, I, I do like that call. It, it's somebody that, see, I, like I picked Robert Woods to be the, the top dog in that offense. And I was wrong. So I, I've always kind of been betting against him. And, you know, he's, he's playing really well. He's proven me wrong. So well, like the I, one sell, well, go ahead. I tried to get rid of Adam Thielen over the offseason. And I was off, I, was, I sent out probably five offers to different teams. And I just was, said, whoever can give me two second round picks can have Adam Thielen and nobody like it was automatic decline. And this is a one QB league automatic decline. No, nobody even like had a conversation about it. Nobody sent a counter offer. And I mean, for two seconds, even right now, Adam Thielen, I mean, that is a value. I think, what are you going to do with two seconds? Like, I'm glad that I didn't freaking. I'm glad people didn't accept because Adam Thielen is still producing at a, at a, who was he? 31. Yeah. He's 31. Started out the year hot. Everybody's like, well, his touchdown regressions. He's got three touchdowns or four touchdowns already through five weeks. Again, like how many years do you have to see him score touchdowns to freaking believe it? And I know. I mean, people can say the volume isn't there. He's only had seven. He's only had less than seven targets once in five weeks. Like, Somebody could have had him. Five people could have had him for two second-round picks is all it takes. And nope, they, they wouldn't do it. He's just hard to sell. I, don't, it's, I think it's just like Cooper Cup, and the, or at least what Cooper Cup is going to be like. 
it's hard to sell him. I'll take Adam Thielen right now. I'm, I'm, I would consider myself kind of a contender. I'm right up there. I mean, I get some down weeks, you get some up weeks. I'll either score 150 or I'll score what I did against you, Tyler, like 89 points. It was ridiculous. But, yeah, I mean, I'll take Adam Thielen if nobody wants him for two second-round picks. And I just feel like that's similar to Cooper Cup. I have one sell, and, and I know we talked off air, Ryan, and you were in agreement, but if you are a Saquon Barkley owner, and I know this one was a complete fluke, but you've got to be just about at your wit's end. And I know I am. And I actually, prior to him rolling that ankle, that's the fluke ankle, I received an offer uh, that included two firsts. And um, that was the bulk of the deal. Okay. Now the two firsts were going to be late because Barkley would definitely catapult this person into being a lock for, and I know some people don't like doing that, but I knew it was going to be a late first round pick. Barkley is almost like the guy that you got to sell in the off season. If we can get there and his value is still there and I, it, it should be, but that is a guy that I am just ready to let go of. And I am ready for him to be somebody else's problem because I'm sick of the injuries. I'm sick of owning Devonte Booker and then maybe trying to throw Devonte Booker in my lineup and it just doesn't work because he's not that great. I I'm just so sick of Barkley and I know his dynasty value is still pretty high. I'm, I'm ready to be done as an owner. I am. I'm ready to move on. I, I'm so sick of the injuries. He's on a, just a crap team with a crap line. And I know he's had a couple of nice games this year, you know, bouncing back from that knee injury, but gosh, the amount of games that he has missed the last two years is just not good. Not good at all. And I, I'm waiting for that really bounce back here where he can just show us a clean bill of health. And are we going to ever get it again? I don't know. I don't know. He's a tough one, man. It really is. And so get this. So I had him, it was probably, I don't know, mid-summer. I put out some dynasty ranks on Twitter. And I had Saquon at my number nine dynasty running back. And I didn't feel, I felt like it wasn't that bad. I mean, he's still an RB1. He's on a shitty team. He has a bad offensive line. He had just tore his ACL, and I caught so much flack for that. Like, I had multiple people DM me. I had multiple people comment on, on the rankings. Like, what are you doing? Are you kidding me? Barkley way too low. And, and I'm not saying, like, just because of injuries and stuff, like, he should be down there. But I, I almost – and then I, I moved him. I, I freaking bit. I bit the bait. I talked myself into it, and everybody else freaking helped. And here I am, I had him way back up the rankings at the beginning of the season up in like, I think I had him at RB4 or 5. And I just should have kept him down there. I should have kept him down there. And because he's like, it's without even the injuries, but he's off to a slow start, like we talked about earlier on a, on a pod. Slow start, wasn't being like let loose. He's now he gets hurt again. Like it's, I don't know. I'm just frustrated too that I gave into that. I just need to stick with what I'm doing, not focused about everybody else because you talked me into it. But, yeah, I'm, a, I'm with you. Sell them. See if, if anybody can give you some, a, at least a decent value. I'm not, I'm not going to sell them for one first. I wouldn't do that. But if you can get more than a first form, if you can get upwards of two firsts or a first and a very nice piece, um, yeah, get rid of them. I would. I mean, Daniel Jones is almost like doing good enough where he's going to stick around, and that sucks for Giants fans. Like, you need to move on from him too. But, yeah, Barkley, I just – yeah, I'm with you. I'm over it. But at the same time, you can't sell them for too late first uh, on players. I mean, if you think about the players that have gone late first round the past few years, that I mean, it's almost you have to guarantee yourself a high first or, like, a solid player in a first. Like, otherwise, it's, it's very, very hard. You, you can't just let go of him for pennies. But at the same time, then you don't want to waste your window where – you totally lost, you know, so it's, it's that double-edged sword. It's, it is it's hard. I don't, I don't know if I'd give you a really early first either. I'd rather have JT from last year. I'd rather have like Zeke. I'd rather have Najee Harris. All those guys that you're getting with your early first, I'd rather have. Like, I don't know if you're going to get it anymore. <laughs> like Those early first running backs I would much rather have than Saquon Barkley at this point. See, and I'm afraid that that's a consensus. But I mean, he's he's very highly ranked in dynasty rankings amongst a lot of people. So and I think that just might be our feelings too. I, I don't know. And obviously, 
the recent ankle injury does not help and always trying to sell people on that stuff is the worst idea. Right. You, I mean, you just have to hope and fricking pray that he comes back and he's Saquon Barkley from the past here. Um, this middle, middle part of the season for you. And that's, that's all you can hope for. Cause right now, yeah. I mean, I'm not giving you an early first personally. I mean, maybe if it was just that, but if I'm going to give you more than a first, I, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to see a little bit more. That's for sure from this year. Cause I mean, he's stepping on other people's feet. We can't be having that Tyler. He's stepping on other people's feet and rolling his ankle. He looks like me out there. Funny story quick. Cause I don't have any more players to talk about. So I'm going to, I'm going to quick tell a story that happened today. So for all the listeners out there, I have a really, really bad right ankle. I completely tore the ligaments in it twice in high school and I roll it all the time. Like I, I rolled it on an ice cube at, at, at quick trip and, and during college, like it's just, it's not good. I roll it constantly. And I had another really bad one playing basketball. I don't know, seven months ago, like it still hurts from seven months ago. I had a really bad one. I was on crutches. I had an ice bucket with me at work and I just sat in it all the time. So it's pretty back to normal now. I went out and played a quick nine holes of golf after work today, Tyler. And, and I walked it because I didn't feel like paying for a car because I was just by myself. I just wanted to zoom around, quick play. I played in like an hour and 20 minutes. And I, I rolled my ankle on back-to-back holes. <laughs> Doing what? Just walking. I was playing golf. I rolled my ankle just walking with my bag on back-to-back holes. One of them was on the edge of a cart path. So, I mean, you get a little dip there. I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at my scorecard because it sucked ass. And boom, rolled it. <laughs> and then, sure as shit, like it hurt. It was a decent roll. I'm like, God damn. Played, I hit my drive on the next hole, was walking, and I was even looking at the ground, like paying attention. And it, like, my ankle just gave out. <laughs> I rolled it again on like an uneven hill. I'm like, all right. <laughs> next, I'm just getting the damn cart next time. This isn't worth it anymore. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've rolled it on a vacuum cleaner before too, if I'm not mistaken. But for those that do not know, Ryan is actually a very good golfer. Uh, but yeah, he is not kidding on his ankles. They are complete garbage. I, I would almost rather two garbage cans his ankles. I really would. <laughs> me too. I, me too. It's it's bad, man. But I, I don't have any more players to talk about, Tyler. I don't know if, if you want to hit on one more. No, I, I think I don't either. I think we leave it on your two garbage ankles and, cankles they've got to be cankles at this point they're permanently where's the calf and the ankle you know yes i I mean i look like my if you just were to look at my ankle if i was like an ankle model it would definitely be like for 400 pounds plus that's for sure (laughs) all right so everybody think of ryan's cankles and uh we'll be thinking of your cankles right but as always thanks for listening uh and we can't wait to uh hear from you guys again good luck in those dynasty leagues and uh the you know halfway point here is is coming up here in a couple weeks so make sure that you are evaluating your team and that we'll probably be discussing that in a couple weeks here so thank you for listening to block in the back thank you for listening to block in the back podcast your one-stop shop for all things dynasty fantasy football related if you liked what you heard today hit that subscribe button tell all your friends about us and then hop on twitter and give us a follow at dynasty block thank you and remember you are listening to block in the back